Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, we are the electoral college. Damn it, Fran. I just can't let like, you be writing these like that. Electoral college. Oh, yes. I take electoral. full credit for writing electoral college. That's Over in your little square on Zoom looking like Mario and Luigi. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yes. The, the laugh that um that started uh, this episode really sent chills down my spine. So thank you for starting off our October um, with Spookies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will never uh, I, forgive you for that phrase. Uh, I'm Tommy Teeds Pico, um, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and I've fully supplemented into this Hollywood life. You know what I mean? I'm taking meetings with executive generals, as they call them out here. All these studios, all these places, <laughs> trying to pitch ideas and then being like, well, when you've got somebody famous, we'll take another meeting. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm just getting rejected in a new way. It's kind of like dating, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> wow. God. I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and my sexuality is people asking me, how are you holding up? Mm. Oh, no. And then I just sob. I just cry. (laughs) Oh, Joe. I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And I mean, this news has leaked, so I might as well come forward with it. Um, The rumors are true. I do have a notoriously very tight, tight puss. Just it's it's tight as hell. Oh I, Lord in heaven! I quit this show. I've been OnlyFans and get out of here. It is now just known between communities far and wide across both coasts. Um, you know, I'm not proud. I'm not bragging. This is just who I am. Looks like when somebody sucks <laughs> on a lemon. Like, mm. <laughs> oh my God, you're tight puss. I don't know. I, I feel like it might have something to do with, with with how tight you're controlling everything all the time, Fran. Maybe you could just learn, get, get a yogi egg, do some meditation, just like learn to loosen yes. up that puss. Loosen it up. <laughs> it might actually have to do with the uh, uh, the rectal reconstructive surgery that I got last fall. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never oh got god. rectal reconstructive surgery, but oh my god. Um, that shit's a nightmare. Actually, like truly never get butt re- like reconstructive buckle no. surgery. Joe kind of yeah. did. No, I did. Joe, I did get yeah. that. It was horrible. As you, it was medically necessary, not yes. because it was cosmetic. Use. It was not fun. No, no I still can't eat nachos. Um, <laughs> I still can't. Um, okay, you guys, I'm Dennis Norris II. I'm a reader and a writer, um, a former figure skater. And in these times of COVID, I have become a muumuu savant. I only wear moo-moos. I don't know the next time anyone will see me in a backlist. And you know what? I have never been happier. 
What's wow. the difference between a muumuu and a caftan? Um, the muumuu, I feel like the muumuu is bigger and the caftan is drapier, if that makes sense. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the muumuu, <laughs> the muumuu is boxier and the caftan feels more like, like, like a, like a robe almost, like so a drapey Dennis, robe. Have you just turned your backless robes around to be frontless? Yes, and that's <laughs> that, fine. It works. works. Well, <laughs> it works. Okay, so I can clarify that they, they just have like different origins. Kaftans come from ancient Mesopotamia where mumus come from Hawaii. And like kaftan <laughs> is like a long, narrow cut kind of robe thing where the mumu doesn't have that neckline. And I think it's shorter. Anyway, good talk, everybody. Good talk. It's <laughs> weird to talk oh, wow. kaftans. Uh, you can find me at um, findyourmumu.com at mumu.com. <laughs> It's my favorite website, you guys. Oh my gosh. Fran, will you tell us what's on the menu for us today? Well, uh, obviously we're going to start off with a quick little game of a moose bouche before we head into a spanking new news segment where we just talk about some headlines from the week, God forbid. Um, Us very uh, uh, informed opinions talking about news. Then, of course, the electoral college will discuss the uh, election coming up or um, things that might even be more important than than the election, God forbid. And for dessert, you know, uh, I don't think anything has quite made me as happy as this dessert in 2020. So stay tuned. Love wins, y'all. Love wins. (laughs) (laughs) Buck, 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 be cuck. I'm feeling a little bit peckish, so why don't we start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes, uh, Fran, will you fix your tiny little hole to tell us something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so glad this is catching on. Um, So we're going to play Swipe Right, Swipe Left. Uh, If you don't know, you know, the, the object of this game it has no object. We just talk about things that we like and don't like. And if we don't really love it, then we swipe left on it. If we think it's like A-okay, then we swipe right. Is everybody ready? Ready. Ready, ready. for Betty, Freddy. Swipe right, swipe Stop left. Stop it, teams. <laughs> <laughs> Autumn. You know, Autumn. I don't really know her because Autumn. it's still fucking 100 degrees in Los Angeles. So yeah. we, don't get, we don't get Autumns here. Oh my God. Swipe right. Okay. Um, I love huge frumpy sweaters, um, scarves, and pumpkin spice lattes. I'm ready. I swipe right on bottom and swipe left on autumn because look, quarantine has been very hard on all of us, but the one thing that has been getting us all through is being outside. Like, you know, it's safe to be outside and see friends and stuff. And so I'm like clinically depressed about the fact that the weather is shifting and I'm not going to get to like hang out on park benches six feet safely across from people I love anymore. That's not to right. go straight there. So many of my New York peeps are moving to LA because they were like, I just need a porch. I can't do COVID winter in New York. That's COVID winter in New York. Yeah. That's it's not going to be pretty. LA. Absolutely. It's just like, I need a porch. I need an outdoor space. I need to go to the beach. 
it's going to be brutal. So, you know, I, I think part of, part of this for me is being honest about it. Like, I don't want to be shocked come November when it's going to be hard. I'm just like trying to get myself in new routines, trying to get my mind prepared for what it's going to be like. And, you know, my po- I'm going to go back to the pod, right? Like these, I have like three people that I see indoors and that's it. And we all get tested and we all kind of do our thing and cook dinner for each other. So I'm just getting ready. But I, I'm, it's, it's been, it's tough for me to be an autumn and looking forward. Mm. Swipe right, swipe left, Fleetwood Mac. Very awesome <laughs> music. Um, swipe all the way right, especially mm. this dude. I'm gonna try to find his Instagram name. Um, He's on TikTok. He's a TikTok guy. Yeah, this guy on a skateboard drink, drinking uh, 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 cranberry juice and listening to fucking Fleetwood Mac. That shit sent me. And also yeah. that lyric, players only love you when they're playing. It is so fucking good. And it's like wordplay and mood and love you stevie nicks and i wish i wrote it i wish i wrote it because it's so fucking true man players only love you when they're playing and i hate that yep that's such a deep cut i've literally never that's... thought about the lyric so far like, yeah no so i don't know that right. song so i pressed it <laughs> and it was like who is fleetwood mac? <laughs> who is fleetwood mac i do okay i do know that song landslide and i learned a few years ago that it did not originate with the dixie chicks that it originated with fleetwood oh mac. my god <laughs> So there's that. Dennis. Oh, Dennis. Quite right. I will allow it. And also, Dennis, a way to dead name the chicks. Thank um, you. They're the chicks now, Dennis. Chicks Wait, now. they are? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. You oh, know, some people. Ago. Was that, just... because that was because of Black Lives Matter. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Oh, That's amazing. God. Dennis, you are unerringly yourself. I'll yes. just say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Right. Wow. Swipe right, swipe right, swipe left. Crocs. <laughs> no, swipe left. Swipe left. Swipe left. They're heinous. That, what? That's Joe? anti-gay. You are the podcast lesbian, and you are yeah. going to swipe left on Crocs? Absolutely. Birkenstocks all the way, y'all. I'm an upper-middle-class white lesbian woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving up for a Subaru. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I love Crocs. They're extremely comfortable. They're practical. And now they're the, the shoe of 2020. Get ready for all of the clubs. I mean, Bad Bunny just did a Croc, and they sold out immediately. Is Bad Bunny queer? Um, Bad Bunny has yet to define his like kind of sexuality to kind of continue to goad a gay audience. And honestly, I don't, I don't mind. This is, I, this, I feel like we were just making, I'm, I'm fine with that assumption. Yeah, me too. Okay. Me too. Once again, I, I don't know who that is. Wow. That sucks because Bad Bunny is <laughs> like such a wonderful thing to behold. So, so hot. Um, Your ignorance will not save you. Yeah. <laughs> Silence is violence. <laughs> <laughs> master's tools, sample the master's tools. Get to know bad bunny. <laughs> um, swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Jaden Smith debuting his new hot body. Here's oh. what I'll say about that. I'm in Los Angeles. I could hear Franz scream <laughs> <laughs> when they uh, when they saw that Instagram because I was like, what is uh, it was that exact scream and I just knew it. I knew something there was like a disturbance in the force. You know course, what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and uh what you're also hearing right now is my quarterly Googling of how old is Jaden Smith <laughs> <laughs> as I type, type, type it on my computer. Not like um, Jaden Smith's new body. I liked his wayfish, tiny little skinny body. I don't like muscles like that. Yeah. He's... It's tight enough where I'm still, I'm still in it. I'm still in it to win it. It's, 
you know, it, it's like cute, but he just feels too young. I would be, I would much prefer an entanglement with his daddy though. That I'd be down for. I could get behind that. I mean, just yeah. also props to Jaden Smith using that opportunity to be like, register to vote or something. Isn't yes. that like what his yes. like- Yes. I would like an entanglement with Jada. Thank you very much. That yes, is you would. Mm. That is on brand. Um, swipe right, swipe left, plants. Swipe motherfucking reside. I have 42 plants. I have become that person in the quarantine. They're my friends. I talk to them. They're the only people I hang out with. Um, I have Calatheas. I have snake plants. I have ZZ plants. I have several. I have Queen Marble Pothos. I have a Neon Pothos. I have a Jade Pothos. I have another one. I don't know what its name. I think it's called an Android, not as a cigarette substitute, but an actual Pothos. Uh, let's see. I have a fake Aralia. I have a real Aralia. Um, I have a bird of paradise. I have two cat palms. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, 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 well, sounds very snake plants. And um, a lot of different types of, of succulents. Let me tell you. And because, like, because the air is so bad in Los Angeles around the fires, you know, I just have my, my uh, air purifier running, my windows closed, and my place is full of fucking oxygen because these guys, <laughs> <laughs> they keep me so good. They keep me so good. I yes. love you. I love the idea of you hoarding <laughs> oxygen. Like, yeah. like a draft. It's it's also like if literally three weeks ago, Tommy's like, a plant never. I can't commit to that. I'd kill it. And then like three weeks later. That is like 50 so plants. It is so um, crazy to be like, fuck that thing. And then like three weeks later, it's like, I'm obsessed with this thing. And I will yeah. not, not this is, it's like literally in a decade, Tommy's going to have like 17 kids and be like, I love kids. I want all the kids in the world. I love caring for human beings. I love breaking my own rules. I remember at the very beginning of pandemic, me telling everybody like, I love you, but I'm not reading your pandemic essays. I'm sorry. And then every single month I wrote a different one. Yes, <laughs> <seriously>. <laughs> Lastly, swipe right, swipe left, the term... Wow. Can I just say, Normani in that video stole everything from me. Everything. Like, everything. Getting in that hands tooth and that little beret and all her choreography, I was like, you know what? Normani is just better. Like, can, we also, can we also talk about the fact that it is a travesty that we were on a much needed podcast break when that song released? Because let me tell you, that song is like it's the everything. Uh, anthem that is like should be like the new theme song for this podcast it is like so yes. rt my favorite- i mean there's some whores in this house <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my favorite was the self-owned by the conservative pundit who was like if your pussy is that wet you need to go see a doctor my wife's pussy has never been that wet and everyone was like that's 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 a problem that's that's a problem buddy i love the idea of like conservatives around the world being like dry pussies only (laughs) and like there was that one politician who was like after the republican national convention was like we need more people like melania trump and less people like cardi b and then cardi tweeted that with like melania's nude picture being like i don't know that looked like some wet ass pussy to me It's only been dry since she married Donald. True. Stay trying to control women's bodies. No, thank you. Wet-ass pussy needs to rule everything. Could I offer one last swipe right, swipe left? Yes, please do. Chris Evans' penis. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. First of all, that was a very fun day. That was a really fun day in the group chat. Second of all, uh, it took me 0.25 seconds. Third of all, I maintain that that is not his dick, but he has to claim it because otherwise he'd have to come out. Come out. I think, yeah. Oh. I mean, who I else think that's has a, a very... strong ding-dong on their phone? 
I mean, right. I think that's a very real possibility. I really, really do. And I kind of hope, it would be so cute if they were gay brothers. Right, because his brother's gay and Joe, that's science, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't believe in genetic determinism of sexuality. But that's science, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's not science, though. It's like, science, though. So. Well, if, be- if behavior is any indication, Scott Evans had his own had a dick pic on his phone, and you know that was a nice looking one too. I and will so, say it is yet another travesty that we were on a podcast break when that when that news broke because we would have had things to say, but yet here we are. I will say, I guess my key takeaway from that. Um, uh, day of news was truly that men stay completely unable to photograph their own penises. It is yes. so, true. It was such a bad photo, regardless of whether it was his or someone else's, such a bad photo of a penis. I, and like, I truly don't know anyone who that would entice to have sex with them. Or even if you took it for yourself, like I don't know what that photo image served. It was, it was so Poorly. The angle, the lighting. What are it we trying like to do here? Taken off of like an Android, like yeah. <laughs> a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah. No. Well, that sounds like a great place to end this little game of swipe right to the left. Yay! Yes. For our next segment, we're getting into some news with a Z. Yes, news with a Z. Uh, who's going to take the, ha- the reins on this one, sis? That's right. Our fun little uh, uh, segment we like to call Thought Off the Presses. Didn't we have like another name for this? I can't remember. No, um, I think that's, we'll just go that's with that. That's a good one. Yeah. Where we, you know, just, you know, uh, whore pundits are really good at, you know, dissecting the news that you need to hear right now. And we had, you know, a whole other slate of things to talk about. But then this morning which like might be old news and updated news by the time you hear about it. Trump was diagnosed with COVID-19. And there was this really dumb politician who was like, isn't it weird that prominent Democrats aren't getting COVID, but Republicans keep getting it. And it's like, y'all keep saying it's it's a hoax. You don't wear masks. You like, you don't believe in it. Masks. You, 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 you stay supporting people who put, who, who use, I can't breathe, who are appropriating. I can't breathe in order to say, I don't want to put masks on. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you can't, you, the owns on you, sis, like, sorry. Sorry, y'all are stupid. I, okay, I mean, I love it. I went to bed last night happier than I've been in a long time. I woke up this morning. When we did a show in LA um, back in January, I was like waking up in LA. I always wake up just happy. Like I almost feel like I want to sing. Like I'm just thrilled. And I don't feel that way when I wake up in New York City. And I felt that way this morning. It was like I woke up in LA. It was gray, but I thought the sun was shining. I was like, this is the most amazing news. And um, there have been a lot of people who've been talking about the idea that maybe this is fake, this is some kind of ploy, um, perhaps to sort of try and say that there's a vaccine that, that's functional. So there's all these different conspiracy theories about whether or not Trump actually has COVID. I choose to believe that he does. I choose to believe that my own prayers are part of the reason why, although there was a whole, you know, there was a whole prayer network of Black folk on their knees praying to Jesus. And I'm going to say this. My sister FaceTimed me right before we recorded, like like an hour before we recorded, and we were talking about it. And she was like, I she 
she didn't say that she had prayed for this as, as well, but she was like, you know, a lot of people are praying and the Bible talks about this idea that you're supposed to pray for your enemies. And she's like, for, for me, she's like, I can't pray for his well-being or for him to be successful. I just have to pray not to hate him so that I don't have a hateful heart. And I was like, girl, that ship has sailed for me. But anyway, the point is, there's a whole verse in the Bible around this about the idea that the more you pray for your enemies, the more it puts a hot coal on their head and that revenge isn't yours, but revenge is the Lord's and the Lord will get revenge. And I was like, this is a sermon. I'm obsessed with it. Let's hope that this is the coal on his head. Um, Joe, as our resident COVID correspondent, what was your reaction to the news? Um, I had a really good coffee for breakfast this morning. <laughs> and um, it really got me up and ready for the day. Um, so, uh, this, so this is your third shit of the day, correct? Oh, I've had like five today. And um, it's, it's nice out here in New York. And that's my response to that news. Mm, love, love. I mean, I was personally, I thought it was very entertaining that there were a lot of people trying to offer condolences, which is something you're supposed to do. Or people try to be like, nope. out for like Donald Trump, thoughts and prayers. And I was like, oh, I mean, you can have my thoughts and prayers too. That sounds fine. But I was just like, I was like, is that really the sentiment around this particular thing? Because yeah. I think that if it were literally any other person, maybe, but. Did you see Rachel Maddow even did it? And people yeah. came, the Twitter streets came for her. And I was like, girl, I don't know what you were thinking, but that was a mistake. Didn't mm -hmm. she say something like, God bless the president? Oh my God, Alex yeah. and are probably devastated. They notoriously watch Rachel Maddow every single night before they go to bed. I <laughs> honestly sending my thoughts and prayers to Alex and Kenya who, have mourn, who are mourning the loss of Rachel Maddow. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think she was hacked. That's my only, that's the only explanation. She was hacked. Unfortunately, I don't think anything's going to happen on this because we don't get nice things and it's 2020. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, this is a fig leaf. I just, I'm like, I want to believe. I do. I want to believe, but. Uh, I have some I'll, hope. Yesterday was October 1st. I'm just like, what does October have in store for us? You never know. Yeah. She came in and slapped a bench. It could, I don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. And to teams know, I guess like things to watch out for are like Trump, you know, surviving and then being like i beat this you can too i'm a hero or like buy my vaccine or like you know him trying to postpone the election him trying to change change around something involving election logistics last minute martyrdom talking about the health of biden like it, there's so many different ways that this is just going to like bounce right back and it's going to be even more annoying than before so but for now we will pray so the debates were on on Tuesday, and I don't know what I was expecting, y'all, but not that. <laughs> oh, number one, I was expecting exactly that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and number two, I'm not drinking right now. So I sat through that whole thing sober and did not even take a single Zanny. And I am like so proud of myself. So I had gone like two or three days without weed and I was trying, cause I've been trying to like go on and off to like kind of reintroduce it into like my evening routine. And I was just like, fuck everything. I need to light up right now because I am so anxious. I am on that level with you. Yeah. I don't, I could, I was just like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm make me a margarita and I'm going to watch Lovecraft Country and then I'm going to fuck to bed. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do that's, right now. That is what you I know what Tommy, I appropriate. I turned it off early and I started watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. As I've uh, disclosed to the, on this podcast before, I have unfortunately started watching the Real Housewives franchise, making me the ultimate cliche of a human gay 
person. Um, and uh, Atlanta is exceptional television and much better than yeah. one for the debates were, so strong. I, I do know who some of those ladies are. And one of them is notoriously from Cleveland, I think, but that's, but I don't know if she's on the show anymore. But anyway, um, Sheree, yes. Sheree Whitfield, yes. Sheree. She by Sheree. She by Sheree. Dead is coming through with not even being sure of like six-year-old anecdotes. Oh, I lived in Well, you know, I don't, I don't actually watch the show, but somehow I know, I know them. I love the meme um, of Sheree and uh, as coronavirus being like, when is the vaccine coming? Uh, so, more false, more September, more false spring. When she's <laughs> like, when she's like talking about when she by Sheree's coming out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I so I will say I also watched the debate. I usually like to watch them because I just find them entertaining and enjoy them. And, and I feel like in some ways they're sort of informative as to like people's dispositions. Um, this debate was exactly everything that I expected it to be. I was a little disappointed. I thought that, that perhaps they would have prepped Joe Biden a little bit better, but I also think that it would have been hard to, super hard to prepare for that. Um, I self-medicated during it with Haagen-Dazs cookies and cream, which is my favorite ice cream. And I, when I did watch the whole thing and when it was done, I was like, I definitely need a palate cleanser. And I watched the um, comedy special that had just come onto Netflix by the comedian Michelle Buteau, who is um, someone I adore and think is really, really funny. And that was amazing. Um, but just in general, like many people, I feel like um, America and the voters are the people who lost because it could have been, you know, the, de the debates theoretically can always be a source of information and a source of... Um, just just uh, further reflection for undecided voters. But I do think that should we have debates in the future, um, you know, depending on Trump now having COVID supposedly and if that changes anything, I like the idea that there are conversations that are happening around changing the rules and changing some of the structure because I think that the reality is that the power dynamic has to shift in that setting in order for them to be remotely useful for um, voters. But I would love to see them try to do that. And I would love to see that happen and see what came of it. One thing that, that really um, made me upset about the coverage of, I mean, Trump in general, but the debate in particular is, is what um, writer Sarah Kezador calls like Trump amnesia or autocrat amnesia. The notion that like any of that was surprising. He said all of those right. things a million times before. He right. said in 2016 that he would not denounce David Duke and the KKK. He said in 2016 that he would not uh, accept the uh, um, results of an election if he lost. And so like this sort of outrage the media does every time when they're like, I can't believe he didn't denounce white supremacy. I can't believe he wouldn't agree to a peaceful transition of power. It sort of like allows it to be new and it doesn't give yeah. the context that this is actually a consistent uh, political right. pattern that he's been deploying since 2015 before even uh, he was elected the first time. And that really impoverishes our thinking about yeah. Trump and allows him to continue to manipulate people into sort of these cycles of outrage and activation, uh, which he uses to manipulate how we feel and how we think about the political process so yeah. no more of that bullshit david axelrod at least on cnn kept saying this is not surprising he said this a million times before stop the outrage machine this is who he is and who he's always been so yeah. you know i think that that really I, I appreciated cnn's response where they were just like that was a shit show and trump just trod all over democracy that needs to be said but this sort of outrage about the things that are not in the least bit surprising or new we need to understand that it comes from someplace and like i think 
Fran or Tommy said earlier, this is a person, you know, uh, Masha Gessen in November 2016 said, believe the autocrat. The autocrat tells you what they're going to do and then they're going to do it and they follow through yeah. on it. And everyone's like, oh, Trump doesn't mean it. Trump doesn't mean it. He means exactly that. We have seen four years of him saying a thing and following through on that thing. So, yeah. You know. It's very it's very strange the way that outrage happens, and it really um, allows voters and the general public to sort of remain in that sort of reactive, outraged place, and it impedes people from moving forward and just strate- strategic thinking about how to move forward from this and understanding that this is what's going to happen, this is what this person is going to do, and we have to find ways to um, prevent that from happening. And it just keeps people, you're right, in like a cycle of outrage. That is like for no reason. Yeah, I think you're so right on that, Joe. Like, the only thing the outrage machine feeds is him. That's it. It just serves his own purposes. And I think that, you know, it goes without saying that um, the, the truly the, the biggest travesty from the night, but, like, should not have been surprising to anybody, was just ev- every single conversation about, like, what it means to be a Black person in this country as discussed by three old white men. <laughs> um, and, like, Chris Wallace saying blacks <laughs> like it's the yeah, fucking guess. like it's the fucking like uh 1950s like i was just so it was so i was so aghast and obviously no one surprised that trump did not denounce like white supremacy but like like just to, to, for it to be enforced over and over again it's such a, an abomination but then again he like, announced it like alex she said on twitter he announced himself as their leader yeah he yeah. didn't disavow yeah. that shit and you know, no. it's like, it, it's, I guess like the small consolation prizes that like, you know, most voters are decided by now and like debates don't have a lot of bearing on, on some of those undecided votes. So fingers crossed, they're, they're just kind of like, you know, <laughs> things that <laughs> make us unhappy on a day to day as opposed to like actually influence the, influencing the election. But it was still really, really disheartening. Also, Hard to watch. Hard to watch. Yeah. Also, just, like, literally, like, the only thing we need a president for, like, if there's, like, one singular, like, thing we need him to do, him him or them to do, it's, like, it's, like, can you, like, please string sentences together? Like, that's literally the only thing. Yeah. We well, we're, we're 0 for 2 on that in this election. <laughs> yes, yes we are. Come on, girl. Like, really? I was going like... to say, we didn't... <laughs> So disheartening. <laughs> That's not what people were, people were thinking about earlier. But yeah, no, it's it's a mess. Mm, it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. And this week we're talking about the 2020 election. Yes. I'm swipe left. I hate us. Fast forward. All I will say is stuff my ballot box, Daddy. Stuff it. <laughs> stuff it. Stuff it. Mm, mm, I love it. I'm I'm like criminally undersexed, just FYI. Um, I'm gonna have to get it in sooner. I'm just gonna be weird. Weirder. Weirder, weirder. I think more stuff than like I've had in like a year. Um but that's besides the point. Anyways, we're here to talk about the election, um, uh, which honestly we don't really want to be talking about. But as you can tell, we have been, we are taking a break from our break um, to come back on here, this, this godforsaken place to talk about the 2020 election and what's at stake and um, just how we're thinking about candidacy, getting involved in the election, why there are things that are maybe more important than the election and like kind of framing are thinking around the electoral arena at large. Um, but I guess to start, um, and sorry, this is kind of a triggering question for Joe specifically, but I just wanted to ask y'all, um, how are you doing? 
like how is are you faring in the election news cycle space and the torrent of information you're getting regardless of whether or not you're on social media uh, you know what i got uh, first of all i'm not on twitter anymore i literally quit in may and i was like i can't doom scroll i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna do this like i still have a very good relationship to puns but i send them as text messages now not as tweets uh so i'm keeping i'm keeping the engine you know lubed up or whatever i don't know <laughs> mechanics i don't know mechanics but um but yeah 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 uh so and i don't and i just i'm not i, I try as much as possible just to not be on instagram i found solace in writing to be honest with you mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i have written two pilots in the past three weeks and i'm revising them right now and i'm going out with my manager just trying to get a new staffing job and it's like I have something to wake up for. Like I have, I feel purpose. Like I, I cause like, I just can't like, I know how I'm going to vote and I know what I'm going to do. I don't need to consume personally. I don't need to consume anything else regarding the election because it's everywhere and everything is reported as if it's news. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Trump is not, is not, did not like not denying white supremacy. It's like everything is reported because of the news cycle and the way that the 24 hour news cycle works, everything is, everything is being reported with an exclamation point. And it's like, my blood pressure can't take that bullshit. Like I need to be deep in final draft right now, trying to make two people try to have sex with each other. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. what I'm concerned with in my world. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Master pulling the puppet strings as you've always wanted. <laughs> um, I, I also resonate with the concept, the kind of like, there's this kind of like these two pulling forces of like wanting to take care of myself and to like use my energy and you know what I'm doing for organizing labor or doing something that like will produce good in the world or doing something for my own writing or like work versus like trying to like stay engaged and just to be informed because I actually as much as I like to unplug I really don't like the feeling of missing what's going on or, or figuring out like what's what information is there you know I, I want I always want to know but I don't know. What about you, Dan? Are you registered to vote, Dennis? Yes. I just had to check. I don't know. I don't know you. I mean, I, I do know you. That's why I had death. I do know you. That's why I had death. Yes, thank you. I've <laughs> always been registered to vote. I um I have always voted. I'm I love this relational organizing right now. Wow. Ethan's <laughs> doing the yes. work. Uh, <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Yes, I, it's really, really interesting. I feel like, um, I feel triggered all the time in like a very serious way because one of the most difficult things about any election cycle, but this one in particular, because everything is so bad and the world is such a garbage fire, is the fact that I feel like so many different aspects of myself and my existence are on debate, are, are up for debate um, between the two political sides. And so... Um, I typically am fairly engaged and I am fairly engaged this time as well because I feel like I have to be, but at the same time, I really have found that I have to take care um, of my mental health in a way that I didn't feel like I had to do in previous elections. And so similar to Teebs, there's a certain sort of healthy detachment that I've found. Um, and like, I have, you know, I'm doing a ton of writing right now, stories, a novel, freelance pieces, I have two jobs, and I have some things that are happening that are quite time consuming that are happening in my personal life. So there's, a, I'm happy that there's a lot to kind of, I have to put a cap on how much I, um, I engage with this current political cycle and with, 
even like the COVID news, like I have to put a cap on it and just in order to like survive. And um, that's a good thing, but it is if, like it is for many people, it's very, very hard. And I do have moments where I like kind of freak out about it. Whereas in the past, I didn't used to have moments where I would like freak out, like what if this happens and feel like everything was just gonna fall apart, I kind of do, so. Not great, but okay, but surviving, finding ways. Well, I, I want to make a pledge to all of our listeners. It's 2020. I will, we actually uh, recorded the dummy episode of Food for Thought when oh, we were just the night before the 2016 election. Wow, that's so insane to think about. Yeah. When we didn't know what was going to happen. I will not be voting for Jill Stein. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would have never done it. Would have never done it in a swing state where the vote mattered. But this year in particular, um, the popular vote, I think, matters as much as, not as much as, but it matters in addition to the Electoral College Mm -hmm. uh, because we're all terrified that that Trump is going to somehow um, sort of not accept the um, results of the election. And if he loses by seven to 10 points in the popular vote in a narrow defeat in the electoral college, that just makes it much harder for him to claim some sort of mandate to the presidency. So every vote in every state in this election matters. Um, So I will be voting for Biden-Harris. In terms of how I am, um, you know, I've been doing research since or activism since uh, February March um, and a lot of that it really is like in, engaging with and and listening to what's happening in terms of the federal response vid, uh, and sometimes even seeing behind the scenes of how bad the dysfunction is uh, and you know when you're an activist working on a thing what you can't do is be like oh this is too stressful I have to check out from this information. So I, I haven't felt the luxury, to, at least on the COVID side, to be able to turn off the spigot of bad news uh, because you know we, we've really felt necessary given the complete lack of, um, of scientific information coming out from the federal government, some of the gaps in the federal government's response. It really has fallen on a lot of um, advocates and activists, social scientists. It's not our job to be doing this, but yet no one else is doing it. And so we find ourselves in that role. Um, and so it's been the, the sort of inability to stay from the, the horror show um, that is, you know, a moment of, um, of mass death that hasn't been necessary has been really tough. Uh, on everyone doing doing this work, uh, and the election is just um, a shit cherry on top of that shit Sunday. Like what you said about um, you know not voting for a, a third party candidate, I'm, I've also made the decision to vote in person. Mm-hmm. Um, Me that, too. That one is, yeah. and that's like an extremely personal one, and it's about like your personal safety and like what you're comfortable doing. But I. I I'm taking the, the the safety measures and the precautions that I can. I know where my place is in Los Angeles and I'm just going to go in person and do it. Like I'm not going to vote by mail. Personally, me, that's my decision. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. also- And I'm going early as well. I'm also yes. voting, voting early in the state of California um, in person just because I think that it's important to try and get ballots ahead, but whatever works for you and your comfort level works. Joe, it is very valiant and brave for you to not vote for Jill Stein and, and we, we thank you. You're welcome. We, you are always doing and the work. 
Do it. And I, I just just to jump off what you both are saying about voting in person, voting in person can be beneficial, uh, even though it's risky, not just because it avoids problems with the Postal Service, where Trump has been trying to undermine the Postal Service to make voting by mail more difficult, but it is way more likely, like times more likely that your ballot would be um, thrown out if you vote by mail. There are many very easy errors in voting by mail, signing in the wrong place, having your name as Joe instead of Joseph, forgetting um, a dot to dot an I or cross a T. Um, and and one of the uh, Trump administration's plans actually is to get as many mail-in ballots as possible thrown out because they're expected to to poll for Biden. So, um, it is it is a risk to vote in person. If you can get your hands on an N95 or a KN95, douse yourself in hand sanitizer. If you feel like that risk is worth taking, it is likely that your vote will be counted if you vote in person. That's really important. And honestly, I, I just wanted to go back to the initial question, Joe. How are you doing, though? I, I I, I do appreciate not good the the vich, the you you know I, I appreciate you you know consuming news or rather the the kind of the endless fire hose that is our our Twitter feeds. But have you considered not deleting Twitter? Is that an option for you? Um, Twitter is not I'm not saying that in an antagonist, even yeah. like in a mean way. Like I just I I think it's something that we've all been thinking about. I'm, I, I don't, you know, I'm getting most of my news from the sort of ears on the ground activist stuff, at least around COVID, um, more than around the um, Twitter is kind of an outlet for me. I'm, I'm definitely limiting my doom scrolling. Um, and, and I try to have as many people like Kristen in my timeline as possible, where it's like scroll laughing hysterically. Um, um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking vacations. I took a week off to go to the beach. Right. And that was a time we limited um, my interaction with um, work altogether. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, activism through a pandemic is a marathon, not a sprint, you know? And so we all have to be thinking long-term about our health and mental health. Um, it's, it's also teaching in person has been the hardest thing, harder than anything else. So do, yeah, do, it's, it's been a tough fall. Does, does, does the, does the doom make you masturbate less, more, or the same? Less, so much less, Teebs. It's so sad. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not going to want to. <laughs> like, I'm going to turn my screen off Teebs, really are quick you and are, go into the Are you room. masturbating right now? You're oh, masturbating right oh, now, aren't you, Teebs? No, no, we can't stop literally can. sexual harassment in a workplace environment. <laughs> I, hands up, okay? I'm not doing anything. You're but, dry humping your desk. You swiped like, right humping. You know, I who just. Designated, who have we designated as HR? Is it Christina? Is it Kenya? <laughs> I think it was Alex. <laughs> it was Alex's HR. She <laughs> has a vibrating back. butt plug in right I now. That. I love how a producer Alex's like method of HR is just being like, yeah, um, mm, uh, deal with it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, correct. <laughs> hmm. I have Join enough faith in true, you that true. you are going to be able to figure this out. Alex you got has this. No faith. You got in us. this. She <laughs> just doesn't care. She listens to everything she says. She goes, uh, everything we say. She's like, hmm, true, true, yeah. true, true, true. That sounds definitely right. true. true. <laughs> That's definitely um, true. I guess. I mean, a natural thing to talk about next is like uh, uh, this. Almost feels like rehashing things that have already been said, but I'm just curious about how all y'all are feeling independently about just the Biden-Kamala ticket in general. I think that 
I think it goes without saying that not, none of us uh, are really excited about the ticket. I don't think anybody in my friend circle or in my networks are particularly excited about the ticket. Um, in fact, I think a lot of us are angry about the ticket, feeling betrayed by the ticket, feeling betrayed by just the system in general and how rigged it is. Yes, but personally, I can avoid criticizing them for two months. Yeah. You know, because I will start immediately when that person is sworn in. The criticism for me is going to continue. However, right now, if the only option is that or literal fascism, I just, you know what? (laughs) Easy choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, the other thing I was going to bring up is like this idea that uh, voting is necessarily like a centrist um, balm. And, you know, you've got people on either side, like left and right, uh, the right trying to actively disenfranchise us. And then people on the left telling us that voting is useless and a tool of the oppressor and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I agree, but you can, but, but like, and, and I, I, I agree that the founding of like that as as Morgan Parker says in her pinned tweet, America was just a really bad idea. I agree, one hundred percent. Like, and it was like it's a shitty, shitty, shitty idea. But like, I I don't know what the alternative is. Like to like alternative like as Fran would say, actionable steps to total liberation, right? Because I think people who I've read and and the and the articles that I've read and and, and especially like you know, some indigenous people I know who, um, who write on this, like a lot of necessary questions are being asked, right? But I don't see any um, uh, 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 actionable items in front of me right now um, bes- besides voting. I mean, I mean, that's not what I mean. I mean, that, um, th- that, that justify not voting. It doesn't, right, 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 right. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I, I feel that so, so deeply, Teebs. I mean, I'm, not, I'm maybe not as gracious as you. I'm, I'm actually having a really hard time withholding my criticisms for Biden or the like stupid memes that I see criticizing Biden. And I, I think part of my thought process is, and even I actually am saying this to like justify my own behavior, but honestly, it's, it's maybe separate. But like, I think that it is important for candidates to like see criticism of them so that, we can hold them accountable so they can fear for our vote and, and work harder for it. But it's, it's so far gone in the election. It just, feels, it just feels useless at this point. It doesn't feel like anybody is being listened to. I just to hear Biden talk over and over again about how he's gonna put more money into the police and how most cops are good. And to hear, and for someone like Kamala to have such a kind of atrocious like prosecutorial record and to like still have not really accounted for it in an effective way to be all talk and for Biden to have such an anti-Black record and for him to be the kind of person that makes a lot of women and survivors of abuse feel uncomfortable in this country, I think is just, there's just so many, so many really heartbreaking things about what you're touching on, Teebs, is like just how voting in general or the call to action of vote is a really kind of heartbreaking thing for a lot of like the most marginalized in this country, especially mm-hmm. Black people, especially indigenous folks, especially immigrants, um, the people that this country fails to see as human, let alone citizens. Um, and how we, when the system feels rigged and you see all these people on social media being like, just go vote. Do you have a problem with it? Go vote. Like, uh, you don't like how this country is? Go vote. Empower yourself. And how 
you know, to quote Ayanna Presley, um, it's not that the people that don't want to vote who, because they have criticisms of both candidates, it's not because we don't know enough about the election, it's that we know too much. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. I think that, and by we, I don't say like, you know, we, we, but like talking about the groups that I was talking about earlier, it, it really, I think that there, there, there needs to, I think that people need to reframe the way they think about voting. And as I do believe everyone should vote, but it is a necessary, and, and, but, and it is a necessary means to an end. But like, you have to also take into consideration that when you're saying go vote, you're not just talking to white people. Like, I think that yeah. when people are seeing that they're only thinking about one demographic, they're not thinking about just the vast uh, group of people that are, whose votes are so suppressed in this country. I want to talk briefly about how to prepare for the time between November 3rd and January 21st. Oof, yikes. yeah. I will be booking an Airbnb and I mean, bunkering with the TV off with a few friends. Um, I, you know, I think it's great to, to step away from the TV. We have to be prepared to step into the streets, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, it is... The, the, what I was saying earlier about every vote matters in this election, uh, you know, the easiest way out of the situation is a massive Biden electoral college and popular vote win. Anything but that, and maybe even that, it, we're likely to see this election be contested in some way. Already laying the groundwork to set this up with lots of lawsuits. And it's entirely possible, if not likely, that we won't have election results. Election because of the number of mail-in ballots in many states, those mail-in ballots cannot be opened legally until election day, and they take longer to count. Um, and Trump is already setting up a world where he's going to do the Florida 2000 thing where he's going to try to stop votes from being count, counted, even if they're legal. They're setting up all sorts of laws ready to do these types of things in different states. Um, and it's they're also, you know, in the debate, he said, uh, you know, stand by. And uh, if the election is in, a.k.a. if he loses, um, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to end well. So he's literally threatening, basically calling his Trump caravans and the white supremacists to the streets. And I think, you know, there will be, of course, um, all of us will streets if he tries to steal the election. Um, so just, just acknowledging that we might not know the election results on election night, to be ready to have plans around protest if we feel safe doing that, that it's going to be probably the most dangerous time to protest in the, the modern history of our country. Um, and just to sort of be emotionally rid of the roller coaster that I think that period will be, in addition to what may be happening around the Supreme Court nomination, uh, it could get really, really, really messy. Exactly. And I'm really glad you're naming that, Joe. I think that it's important for everyone to understand that like, like an an overthrow, or or rather like how we want to talk about what happens when Trump doesn't accept any sort of defeat, Mm -hmm. which he won't, um, what that looks like. I mean, there are some really great resources out there on Democracy Now! and other places about what a coup means in the history of this country and like what, what, you know, things happen uh, when a a leader will not uh, bend to public power. Um, But yeah, I think that's really important, Joe. And and it also goes without saying like that the way that we've been protesting now could feel like kid stuff. You know what I mean? Hitting the street every day in a very like routinely manner, marching peacefully is not what November would look like if the worst happened. Like we have to know that like, the key to 
getting something done would then be disruption. Like true- To get true, on some Hong Kong shit, you know? Disruption, yeah. exactly. And, on, and following the lead of, of organizers in our space to, yeah. to, to show what disruption truly means um, in terms of how to, how, what, how to hit the streets. And it's been really important for me in my reading to look back at um, history. The last, the last time that this nation had a contested election was also in a very fraught time uh, in, our, in, in the history of American blackness. That was in the Reconstruction era when black folk in the South elected black senators, had huge uh, elected uh, representatives, black folk all across the South. And then there was a huge white backlash where the gay and Jim Crow comes from. And the end of Reconstruction was the compromise that allowed Rutherford Hayes to become president. And he basically became president. And the compromise was that he would pull federal troops out of the South, effectively end Reconstruction and allowing Jim Crow to take hold for many decades, right? So uh, that moment in history, I think, um, says a lot a moment and a lot about the strategy and what we need to be pushing for and the thing not willing to compromise on yeah. uh, because you know that compromise elected more progressive candidate but at a cost of a hundred years almost of, you know racial repression yeah nbd lol nbd no big deal um, I think just to wrap out this segment, I would love to kind of talk uh, or just to quickly rattle off just ways that you can get involved if you are at a loss. Like, I think that, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said it best on her IG Live after Ruth Ginsburg died when she was set, when she said, whatever it is that you have to bring to the table, bring that to the table, figure out how that can work in favor of what this election means or something that might be more important than the election to you. If you are a, if you are an art maker, if you are a creative, use that. If you are a babysitter, then nanny for protesters. If you are if you are someone who has design skills, if you are someone who is just good on their feet, like figure it out what it is you have to offer and give that. Um, you know, I feel like this is really rudimentary, but like registering to vote, double checking your voter registration, triple checking your absentee ballot over and over again through the very humiliating bureaucratic process of like contacting the board of elections, um, sign up to be a poll worker. If you, I mean, I think it, the cutoff actually might be too late to sign up for a poll worker or transit. make a voting plan, but yes, make a voting, make plan. voting plan. My favorite resource for this, just because I think the UX is greatest vote save America. And um, I think that that is a great resource too. They have a great thing called adopt a state where they can help you understand kind of like all of the battleground states that we could potentially flip the Senate in. And you, there are kind of weekly actionables for each state that you are emailed to help you phone bank or text bank or, or organize around any specific call to action specific to that, that local election or that state that you are able to do from out of state. Um, so think about that. Um, if you have never done text banking or phone banking, it's not as horrible as it sounds. I promise it's, it's not a matter of, you know, having horrible arguments with people who are voting for Trump. It's like a matter of, of talking to undecided voters, many of which will hang up on you and that's okay. And, and it's, it's about quantity. Yeah. Um, well, and can. well, and that, that's not so, that doesn't feel so violent over text either. Like it's not quite as jarring as being hung up on if you're text banking. So like, that's an option, but also like you will have some conversations with folks and you might change some minds. And, you know, again, when we're talking about, literally trying to maintain and eventually recreate a better version of democracy or like letting our falling into fascism, every vote matters. 
Uh, also, for my natives out there, uh, nativesvote2020.turbovote.org uh, is a good resource for us. I did it. You know, I switched up my uh, my voter registration information, and um, it's easy like that. Also, if you're at all concerned or have questions about what's going on right now at the border in Kumeyaay country um, and, and about the their fight to halt the border wall over sacred sites, um, a good resource is um, the Instagram page of Kumeyaay Defense Against the Wall. That's instagram.com slash Kumeyaay Defense against the wall uh, and learn a little bit about it there. Mm, I'm feeling full, but like I could put one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Mm, not so much. This because <laughs> so of this, COVID. This week, the cherry on top of our episode, our dessert is um, Nisi Nash being gay. That's right. Yes. You want to take it away? Um, okay, so first of all, this is a reminder that even in the bleakest of circumstances, um, queerness, queer joy, Black queer joy, all of these things can, can exist and still be present and still be visible. Um, when the news came out that, like, no one knew, by the way, like, no one knew this was happening, that Nisi Nash um, was marrying this woman, I think her name is Jessica Betts, but we can double check on that because I'm not 100% sure. But... Um, when that news came out, they had gotten married and all of the photos, I, I was just lost in all of the joy. And it was, first of all, it was an incredible balm at a time that's just otherwise really difficult existentially for so many of us and particularly for Black queer people. Um, but the other thing is that I always like kind of suspected with Nisi Nash and my first exposure to her was when she played a lobster in a lobster suit in an episode of Ryan, Mur what I think is Ryan Murphy's first show on TV on the WB called Popular, which was like a very sort of queer show, but kind of um, tacitly so. And so she was in this episode. She was this hallucination from my favorite character. And so I've always associated her with queerness and with one of the things that made me feel, that made my queerness feel visible and made me feel like other people were queer and had these feelings and had these desires that I had and had the, the tendencies and the sort of personality traits. I associate her with that. And so I've always sort of felt that she was the sort of safe space for my sort of the intersection of my queerness and my blackness. And so- Lobsters are notoriously queer. <laughs> they really lobsters are notoriously queer. 50% of lobsters are queer. I don't and so know. Was that Exoskeleton. Show popular. Oh. So was that show. It was so queer. Wait a second. Joe will side with me on this because let me tell you, lobsters are not queer. They're gay because lobsters are notoriously monogamous. They mate for life. So they're lesbian. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is like, I think queer people are like more often than not ethically non-monogamous, but maybe that's a vast mm -hmm. horrible generalization. Um, it takes all kinds. I I mean, I have two things to say. Did, did she, she didn't use the label gay, did she? I don't think so. I don't know. But I'm not 100% sure. Claim bisexual erasure. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> because she's, Thank you know, you she's so. been with men before. We don't know. She just, we just, she basically just says, I love this. Person. And by the way, who the fuck wouldn't love that person? Yeah. That's hot as fucking shit. And I a mean. singer. Do y'all know the tea that they, I believe they met, Ooh. or if they didn't meet, then it was like very early in their meeting. But the her new wife, Jessica, was the singer in the band at her last wedding to a man when she got married to when Nisi got married to her second husband? 
So <laughs> we would be, you know, not the podcast we claim to be if we would not mention that um, Jessica Betts is in fact extremely hot. Like, like yeah. mm-hmm. it's so hot. Any mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. would have sex with. Um, and um, uh, I, uh, I was gonna say, um, my friend Kimberly tweeted this really funny thing. They were like, I regret not withholding my queerness all the way up until I married a hot person. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is actually the move, maybe. Maybe that is actually the future of like queer identities. Like you don't tell yeah. people until you finally marry a hot person. I mean, it's one way to do it. And I will say this, I think that Jessica Betts is hotter than Nisi's first two husbands for sure. Oh, oh 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. because men, ugh. Disgusting. Disgusting. Just men, ugh. And can we also talk about the fact that she got married in Chuck Taylors that had a rainbow print on the bottom? Like, how cool is that? I, I, I noticed, I noticed. And yeah. I, I, I quietly said to myself, I said, love wins. Yeah. <laughs> it was an unmitigated it's celebration. It's love. It's love. <laughs> it's love. It's all right. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer fucking hates us right now because we're being recorded for like four hours. Alexandra De Palma. Our production manager is not A, B, or C, but Elizabeth D. And our social media manager is the personification of mommy issues, Christina Tucker. Subside, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or we'll throw Dennis's brioche suisse at you. Ha! I am Tommy <laughs> Teebs Pico. You can find Find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S, on Instagram, not on Twitter no more. Uh, I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on Instagram and Twitter. Please don't add me on CoStar anymore, but you can send me money for emotional damages to Venmo. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. Finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. Oh, never, gonna no. get it, never gonna get it. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. 